I'm preaching to you today on the subject of destination 10 times better. Destination 10 times better. And we're talking about the idea of 3D life recovery or just living life according to the 3Ds that we find in the book of Daniel chapter 1. What we discovered last week is that the three ideas are decision plus discipline equals your destination. Daniel, in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, made a decision about his destination. The Bible says Daniel decided in his heart he would not defile himself before God. And so he began to live as a man of God rather than live like all the others who were compromising the truth. And we're going to try to talk to you today a, a little bit about Daniel's destination and your destination. You see, what we believe here is that the scripture is very practical. The scripture is not just good stories that we look at and try to learn something from. The scriptures actually tell us things about how to live. And Daniel was a young man. Let me give you the background. Daniel lived in Judah. And the country had turned its back on God. They just walked away from God. They had a form of godliness. You know, they went to the synagogue and things like that, and they looked at the Torah, but they didn't live it. A little bit like we're doing today in our world. And anytime a nation turns its back on God, eventually judgment comes. There's no way for a country to be blessed apart from the hand of God. And when we decide that we really don't need God then something else fills its place. Everything abhors a vacuum. You take God out of the situation, something else comes in. Like a lot of years ago, it was decided in our country that we really didn't need God in our schools. How's that working? I mean, if you look at politics, it looks like God's nowhere around a lot of that too, amen? How's that working? You see, anytime we take God out, we take God out of our family, we take God out of our marriage. We take God out of our work. We take God out of our schools. Something's going to fill the place, and it's going to be evil. So Daniel was in Judah, and Babylon came in and took over. And now the Israelites are in bondage. Daniel, a young man, was carried away from his country to the country of Babylon, and he was a prisoner of war. One thing about Jewish believers, they had the Old Testament law. Of such of the Old Testament law, they could not eat pork. We would all be in trouble, even now. Some of you guys had sausage biscuits on your way here. He couldn't do that. He couldn't eat anything like that. Can you imagine living like that? No bacon, Jim. That's bad. No uh, ribs. I don't know how Subway would make it, you know. No Italian sandwiches. I mean, there was just nothing like that. And if they ate that, they would be considered ceremonially defiled. Now, you might say, why don't we do that now? I don't have time to get into all that. Suffice it to say, stop by and get a pepperoni pizza on your way home. You're good. Isn't that good? 
But Daniel couldn't, and if Daniel ate that food, he would be defiled before God. So the Bible says that Daniel, while he's a prisoner of war, decided, I'm not going to eat the king's food. And it looked like everybody else was doing it. That's called peer pressure. Everyone else is eating the bad food. Why can't I eat the bad food? Well, Daniel decided that his destination was going to be different than everybody else. And so Daniel made the decision put some discipline to his decision, and ended up overcoming all of his problems. I'll describe that today. But today our focus is on something that was said about Daniel at the end of chapter 1, that he was 10 times better than everybody else. So I want to get personal with you today and ask you, what does your destination look like? You see, you might be able to eat the pork today, but that doesn't discount the fact that it is possible to be polluting your life with sin. You see, the word for defile in the Hebrew was the word ga'al. It means to, to pollute. Daniel's decided, I would not pollute my body. I would serve God. I would present God a holy vessel, which was my body. But today we have people who are willing to pollute their body, but yet expecting a good destination. Doesn't work, does it? It's like saying I'm going to drown in pollution every day of my life and expect after 10 years for my life to be clean. It won't work like that. So let's think about your destination. Years ago, God gave me this story from Daniel and gave me the idea of three Ds. Decision plus discipline equals destination. And Daniel proved that out. Daniel made a decision about who he was going to be. You see, your destination is not necessarily your location it's who you're going to be many of us don't really know where our location is going to be I mean you know Jim you might have decided you know what I'll probably never move out of Massac County and maybe not preachers like me we never know where our destination is going to be a couple of bad sermons and you're looking for another city <laughs> it just goes with the territory 15 years ago I was living in Tennessee and I never saw that I was going to come back to Illinois, but God brought me back to Illinois. But see, that's not the destination I'm talking about. I'm not talking about whether you live here or somewhere else. I'm talking about who are you going to be in 20 years. Have you thought about it? See, the person you're going to be in 20 years, you're deciding right now. And whatever road you get on right now is taking you to that place that you're going to be. <clears throat> Have you ever seen... A person, when they get older, they just get mad. I never will forget, an evangelist named Joel Engel said, when people get older, they either get meaner or sweeter. Which one are you? I mean, somebody's 80 years old and spitting mad at the world. You ever seen that? And you wonder... What in the world could possibly be wrong with that person? Why are they mad at everything? The truth is, they've always been that way. They just now don't have the energy to cover it up. You see, if you don't want to be that mad person sitting on the yard, shooting your BB gun at the neighbor's kids, you might ought to decide that now. See, people think I can just drink in all of this stuff and later on it's going to work out well. Of course it's not. There's not one homeless person in our area today 
that started at nine years old saying, I want to be homeless when I get older. And do you know how many alcoholics out there tonight? I have some help from the audience. It's true tonight, too. You know how many alcoholics out there today? I can be corrected. How many of them never dreamt that that's what they would be? Do you think that anybody at 10 years old said, you know what, when I'm older, I want to have this time when I come home from work one day and all my family is sitting in the, the living room and they're all looking at me telling me that I have to get some help for my problem, otherwise they're going to leave me. I never thought I would be there. See, if you don't think that that would happen to you, you're just playing with fire. If you're going that direction, that's where you're going. Oh, it's just a little weed. We're just using a little weed. Yeah, that's the way it starts. You see, what you don't realize is, and what we don't teach, is that the brain has within it the ability to operate on autopilot. You start doing things, whether it's drugs or whether it's illicit activity or whether it's even anger and unforgiveness. And you start putting those things in your brain, it becomes a part of your brain. And you don't even have to decide anymore. You see, in the beginning with drug use, you take drugs, but after two or three times, the drug begins to take you. And then you end up over here and you say, how did I get there? You got there because you made dumb decisions here. And I want to talk to you about a better way. Instead of this destination, I want to go this direction. I want to talk to you about what Daniel did because Daniel could have said, everyone else is eating it, I can do the same thing. And if Daniel would have ate the pork, if Daniel would have done what everybody else did, you would not be reading the book of Daniel today. Who's going to read your story someday? Some of you know that I was in St. Louis on, fr on Friday I have an uncle who's been very sick, and he was on hospice, and I wanted to go see him and talk with him, and I got a chance to, to spend some time with him, and my mother's brother is who he is, and my mother has two brothers and a sister, and they were all there, and I got to spend some time with all of them and talk to my uncle about the hope in the Lord and, and spend time with my family, and uh, last night about 10, 15 you know, he passed away. And um, he was telling me while I was there, he was looking at me and he was talking to me about who I was to him and he was just blessing me. And he was talking about how that from the time me and all of his other nephews and nieces were in the world, what a blessing we were. You see, he made a decision about who he was going to be. He was an uncle that was married for 50 years, 50 plus years, and he loved his family. He was the uncle that everyone wanted to be around, but he didn't just get there by accident. He made the decision early on. And see, now today, October 25th, 2020, I'm talking about his story. Who's going to talk about your story? Who's going to have some good things to say about you? Who's going to say that person served God and lived it? You might say, I've already made too many mistakes. No, you haven't. You're still alive. 
It's still time for you to make that decision. We look to make decisions with the destination in mind. And today my purpose is that you would think about where you're going and answer a few questions. Questions like this. Am I important to God? Are you? Or does my life matter? Does my decisions, do they matter? Where am I going to be in 20 years? And is, is there a purpose for my life and how can I find it? I want to do my best to show you how your destination could be 10 times better. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 12, I'm going to read you a few scriptures. This is Daniel's time when he was being tested to eat the food that he couldn't eat. And Daniel says to the one bringing the food, it's like the person in jail talking to the jailer, don't bring me the pork chops, bring me something else. And this is what he said, please test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed in your presence and the appearance of the youth who are eating the king's choice food and deal with your servants according to what you see. You know what Daniel's saying? It is not possible for me to eat the king's food, so just give me what you can give me and then after 10 days, see if it's working. You know, I just wonder what would happen if all of us would take a look at our lives and see those things that are polluting our lives and say, you know what, just take those things away from me for 10 days, see what's going on. I can testify to you on the authority of God's word. You put some of those things down and your life begins to change. The Bible says at the end of the 10 days, their appearance seemed better and they were fatter than all the youths who have been eating the king's choice food. Wow, that has to be God. They were fatter while they were eating the salads. Now, understand something. In the East, being fat doesn't necessarily mean a negative thing. This was just talking about the fact that they looked better than the others. And in verse number 17, as for these four youths, God gave them knowledge and intelligence in every branch of literature and wisdom. Daniel even understood all kinds of visions and dreams. In verse 20, as for every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king consulted them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and conjurers who were in his realm. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel's decision affected everything about his life. And when he was tested amongst everyone else in his country, the king said he and his friends were ten times better. Think about this. Somebody's sick and you call them, how you doing? I'm some better. That's good news. Somebody says, I'm a, I'm, 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 I'm a hundred percent better. That's only one time. This was ten times better. I think the reason they used a number like that is to contrast darkness from light. Darkness from light. It's infinite. It's completely different. And I want you to know that it's God's will for you to have that destination that's 10 times better. But it's your choice today. You say, well, I'm not going to choose anything today that's going to affect me very long. Your decisions you make today are moving you in one way or the other. You're on the road somewhere. If I decide today that I need to go to Florida and suffer for the Lord throughout the wintertime, I'm going to get on... I-75 south to go that way. I can't get on 75 north and go to Florida. It's impossible. And you can't get there by going that way. So we got to get real about what we're going to do today. And Daniel made the decision, but it also was a challenge in his life. 
But the biggest challenge of his life became his biggest promotion. Daniel was put in a place, I'm going to serve God, but he was given something that he couldn't do, and that challenge became his biggest promotion. And Daniel came out ten times better. Let's talk about it. The ten times better destination, this is what described Daniel's life, and it can be your life. First of all, he was faithful to God. You see, some of our destinations are, I want to have a lot of money, I want to have a good retirement, I want to have a big uh, house or big things, I want to accumulate things. A lot of people say things like, I just want to be happy. Did you know that happiness is a terrible goal? I just want to be happy. If you understand how sin works, sin comes with pleasure. Did you know that? The book of Hebrews says that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin because they're only for a season. Somebody says, I just want to be happy. Well, you can go get high today or you can go do illicit activity today and it'll bring a little bit of happiness for 20 minutes, but it's not going to last long. Somebody say amen. You know what I'm talking about. So, I just want to be happy. Uh-huh. Daniel said, I just want to be holy. And when holiness happened, guess what? Daniel ended up happy. The destination was he was faithful to God. When he was put in a place, are you going to obey God or not? Daniel obeyed the Lord. Secondly, Daniel was fearless of the enemy. Daniel was fearless of the enemy. He, didn't, he wasn't afraid of what might happen. Did anybody ever hear the story of Daniel in the lion's den? You remember that story? Now, have you ever really thought about that? Don't have time to go through the whole thing, but put it this way. It was against the law to pray at that moment. And so Daniel went home, opened his window, and prayed. And the people against him were, were gathered there to hear him pray, took him to the king. He's thrown into the lion's den. Daniel wasn't afraid of any of it. Can I tell you something today? If you'll be faithful to God, you'll be fearless in the, in the sight of the enemy. You know why? Because my God is bigger. My God is greater. How do you know your God is greater? My God came back from the dead. And if my God can come back from the dead, he can make me overcome whatever is in front of me. Somebody says, well, what if you die, Brian? And what if I do? You know what? The whole world's nuts right now. Can I preach a little bit? Oh, everybody's scared of everything. We're scared of everything. Oh, my gosh, we're going to get sick and die someday. Is it today? Is it tomorrow? I don't know. Well, if you get sick, Brian, what if I do? What if you die, Brian? What if I do? You know what that means? I'm not like I am now anymore. I'm in the presence of God. What am I going to do? I'm going to get, if I get sick, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to get better. If I don't, carry on. The kingdom of God moves forward. You know what I decided seven, eight months ago? I was not going to let anything stop me from living. And you know what I found out? God's been faithful. God has watched over all of us. And I'm not God. I don't know what will happen tomorrow. But you know what? I do not fear what the enemy can do to me. Daniel did. He overcame the peer pressure. He overcame the peer pressure. Everybody else was eating it. He overcame it. Maybe that's why you live the way you do is because everyone else is doing it. You know what your mom used to tell you if everybody jumped off the bridge, right? Daniel overcame that. He overcame the peer pressure. 
He overcame problems that were incomprehensible. One time, the, the king asked, asked Daniel to do something that no one could do. You know, <laughs> I was talking to my friend, Gary Motes. He's a, he's a pastor. He's in Alaska. It has to be God to send you to Alaska. As far as I'm concerned, some of you are like, man, I'd love it. You know, maybe. But he's pastoring at the First Baptist Church Alaska, and he's on the phone talking to me yesterday. And we're talking about what's going on in his church. He said, Brian, we need some help with worship. He said, Brian, I had a dream that you was our worship leader. <laughs> Did y'all hear what she said? She said, amen, glory to God. <laughs> Now, somebody would say, he had a dream that you were doing that? That must be a sign from God. No, I can interpret that dream. It means my brother had too many jalapenos last night. <laughs> because that's not what that means. Can you imagine if someone says, I had a dream, I'm not going to tell you what the dream is, but you're going to tell me my dream and interpret it. If you don't, I'm going to kill you. That happened to Daniel. Daniel said, hey, let's pray. They prayed, and the Bible says, and this is in Daniel chapter 2. You can read it yourself. The Bible says the dream was revealed to Daniel. Praise God. Daniel's not afraid. He overcame peer pressure. He overcame problems. He overcame the power of the lions. Do you want to live like that? I want to tell you something. If you pollute your life, you're not going to have any power in your life at all, and you're going to constantly be led by the devil into destinations that no one wants to go to. Daniel was faithful, he was fearless, and he was fruitful to everyone. Everybody that got around Daniel was blessed. Can you say that? Find somebody that's living, heading this way, and find somebody that's blessing someone. You see, the truth is, when people are addicted, they don't trust anybody, they don't help anybody, they live only for themselves, and there's no blessing coming out of their life. When people live for themselves, there's no blessing. Daniel didn't live for himself. He lived for God and he lived for others. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, ever heard of them? He promoted them. Do you guys know that the emperor that took Daniel captive, his name is Nebuchadnezzar, did you know that Nebuchadnezzar became a believer in God? Did you know that after Nebuchadnezzar was dead, Daniel is still alive and he continued unto the time of the Persian kingdom and he brought the good news of God's word to the Persian empire. Did you know that? And here we are in 2020, we're still reading his words. That's 10 times better. You're not going to find that. You're not going to find that in a group of people polluting your life, doing what everybody else is doing. You're only going to make your life worse. Daniel helped the king. He helped his friends. He exposed corruption. Daniel knew where his destination was, and he knew where he was going. I remember a friend of mine is a pilot, and he was talking about one time he was flying the plane, and it was in a, a lot of bad weather, and he was losing his bearings. He didn't really know what direction he was going. He looked to the navigator and said, hey, how are we doing back there and where are we going? He said, well, we're not really sure where we're going, but we're making good time. I thought that describes people. You don't know where you're going, but you're making good time. Did you notice that? I used to talk about this thing about where you're going to be in 20 years, and I, I did that, and I've had more than 20 years in my life. Yeah, more than once. 
And you know what I discovered? It happens quick. About two weeks ago, Jerry and I were at high school. Weren't we? Maybe two and a half weeks ago. I want you to know, guys, it goes quick. Before you know it, you look around, you look in the mirror. I look in the mirror sometimes and say, what's my dad doing in there? Do you ever do that? It happens quick, guys. You're making good time. Where are you going? Here's the destination of Daniel and can be yours. Let me give you three things quickly. It's knowing God. It's knowing who I am. And it's knowing why I'm alive. Knowing God, knowing who I am, knowing why I'm alive. Daniel found that out. How about you? I can tell you something. 3D life recovery that we're going to start on Sunday nights is one of the reasons why I'm still alive. God gave me these thoughts and gave me this model that we're going to use to help people in our town. And I know some reasons why I'm alive. What about you? We're going to have to make a 10 times better decision to get to the 10 times better destination. Some things you need to know about making the decision. Are you all ready to make a decision today? First thing you need is awareness. You need, a, you need awareness. Where are you now? I mean, where are you now? What direction are you going? Think about it. Maybe 20 years is too much for you. How about this? Where are you going to be in six months? Who are you going to be in six months? What kind of person are you going to be in six months or 12 months or two years? Who are you going to be? You see, the thing about people who struggle with addiction is they have no awareness of their reality. And it's not just people who are addicted to drugs. There are people that are addicted to getting ahead. There are workaholics. There are people addicted to materialism. They're addicted to people-pleasing. And you ask them, where are you going? They don't know. They don't know where they are. They don't know where they're going. Last week, we talked to you about discipline. We really need discipline. I'm going to end the message with discipline today. And I asked the church, does anybody struggle with discipline? Everybody put their hand up. Today, I want to say, is there anybody here that's 100% good with discipline? I want you to raise your hand because I want the rest of us to see what denial looks like. You see, that means no awareness. When you talk to an addicted person, you've got a problem. No, I don't have a problem. It's everybody else around me that thinks I have a problem. Say amen right there. You're, you've got an anger problem. I don't have an anger problem, and you all shut up because you're making me mad. Right? It's not me. It's somebody else. It's never. You see, the, the, the thing about having denial and no awareness is the problem is always out there. Ladies and gentlemen, stop trying to fix people out there and start looking at who you are. To make the decision, you've got to have awareness. You've got to realize where your strengths and weaknesses are. Y'all got any weaknesses? Anybody want to say they have no weaknesses? <laughs> Tricked you, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, we all, do, we all got them, right? You have to have awareness and you have to have the right attitude. What is the attitude? The attitude Daniel had was, I'm willing to submit to authority and be corrected. You see, when... They brought the, the, the food to him. He didn't look at him and say, you take this food from me, you vicious, wretched people. 
He said, can you help me? He asked for help. Are you willing to ask for help? Some people in the world have the attitude that nobody's going to tell me anything. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. And if someone ever tries to come to you and say, well, I think you have a problem. Oh, man. Have you ever been there? Someone's got a problem. You try to talk to them about them. You try to talk to them about their problem. And all of a sudden, boom, the bomb goes off. You see, a lot of times we use anger to keep people away. So nobody's making me look at myself. You've got to have the right attitude. You see, if you're not correctable, I want you to listen to this. Listen to this. If you're not correctable, then that means you are the sole source of wisdom and knowledge in your life. And you're not God. There's not a person in this room that doesn't need correcting at times. Amen? Sometimes people are like, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm like, if I figure out something's wrong, I'm glad because I don't want that wrong thing to take me off of the way I want to go and put me to where I don't want to go. A hundred percent of people with wrong attitudes end up in the wrong place. But then after you have the awareness and the action and the attitude, you have to take action. You know how many people say I'm going to get right with God or I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing or I'm going to do something different or I'm going to receive Jesus? You know how many people say I'll do that tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Right now. When we work with people, and some of what I'm talking about has to do with people who struggle with chemical addictions. And this is true with anybody who wants to change. You might have a lifestyle that you want to change. You might want to stop being that person going this direction and going that direction. There's five stages of change. I want you to know this. And particularly when you're working with somebody in your life, you need to know this. First, there's pre-contemplation. That means there are people that don't even know they have a problem yet. There are people in this room that have seen their life change. And before it even happened, they didn't even know there was a problem. In the pre-contemplation stage, if you try to get someone to change there, they don't have any idea what you're thinking about. They don't have any idea what you're talking about. If you want to pray for somebody that needs to change, the first thing you do is pray, God, make them aware of their situation. You see, when I hit bottom, when I realize the mess I'm in, that's when I'm ready to do something different. Pre-contemplation comes to contemplation. Then they start thinking about it. They start realizing something's not working. They start realizing their friends aren't coming around anymore. They start realizing I'm losing relationships. I'm losing my job. I'm losing my reputation. I'm losing everything. They start to think about it, and then they begin to plan. Most people will plan it before they make the actual change. And then comes action. Then they do it. The point that I wanted to make about these five stages is the next stage. It's called maintenance. And this is where people trip up. They think, oh, I've got it done now. I'm on the right track. I don't need this help anymore. That's not true. If you've ever been addicted to anything, you can never again live like you were never addicted to anything. If you've ever had a problem with alcohol, don't go to the roadhouse and sit at the bar. If you've ever had a problem with illegal drugs or legal drugs, don't go back to those places. You might think, I'm good now. I'll go back and minister to them. You don't need to do that. If you've ever had a problem with anything else, you need 
maintenance. We need to constantly be working at it. You know why? Because we're not at home yet. And being aware of my problem and being willing to ask for help is how I get better. And that's how you make the decision. And then finally, you have to have some discipline. Daniel had discipline. Here are some of the disciplines that Daniel had in his life to get him to his destination. Remember this? Decision plus your discipline equals your destination. You take discipline out, you don't make it. Here's some things that were true with Daniel's life and kept him on the road. First, the Word of God was known and obeyed. The Word of God was known and obeyed. The man put the sausage in front of him, and he said, I can't do it. Someone would say, why? He'd say, the Word of God says I can't do it. You know how many people I've heard tell me things like, well, I know God's Word says this, but... This is what I want to do. And I always can ask this question and get the same answer. How's it working? Doesn't work. Wonder why we're so dumb. Anybody with me on that? Oh, don't, I mean, I'm not sitting there like, you all have done dumb things. I've never done dumb things. Oh, I've, I've got my share. And so do you. The Word of God, according to Jesus, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the Word of God. So it's important to know the Word, but not just know it, but do it. But what if I don't feel like it? Go back to rule number one. The Word of God is known and obeyed. Second, he trusted God. He had faith. He trusted God. You see, you know what's wrong in the world right now, bros? People right now don't trust God. You know why so much fear is in the world? People don't trust God. If you trust God, that deals with your fear. Remember Daniel? He didn't fear the enemy. Why? Because he trusted God. You see, it's really kind of ridiculous for me to think that I know what God's will is for my life tomorrow. I don't know. As long as I've got breath, I know I've got something to do. I know tomorrow night... I'm going to be with the men in man church tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. I know that's my plan, but God may have other plans for me. He's God, not me. Not only that, he was connected to other believers. He was connected to other believers. That's what we do here today. That's what small groups are for. That's what 3D Life Recovery is going to be for. That's what our Wednesday night Bible study is for. That's what the house, house youth ministry is for. It's connection with other believers Connection where I can be honest about me and about what's wrong with me. And I can have people that look, with, look at me and pray for me that don't judge me. Amen. Hey, the ministry of criticism is not a ministry. We're not here to look down upon anybody here. We don't look down on people. You know why? Because we've all been there. Amen. But thank God there's a God in heaven that delivered us from our past and took us where we need to go. Amen. We're just people that's been given grace today. We're beggars telling other beggars where we found the bread. Daniel was connected with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they went together through this. And not only was prayer a way of life, or was he, he connected to other believers, but prayer was a way of life. He prayed about everything. The last thing that I want to give to you is not only was he a prayer person, but he was a one who did not quit. Let me ask you something. 
How bad do you want it? Hoss Davis came in today and looked at me and said, 35 years today. What an honor that is, right? But you know what that 35 years was? It was one day at a time. And there were some days it didn't look like it was going to happen, did it? There were some days that you think we're not going to make it, but you know why people make it? They don't quit. If you feel like quitting today, don't quit today. Get into tomorrow. Well, what if I feel like quitting tomorrow? Then go back to rule one. I don't quit today. That's how you work through it. The Bible says in Daniel 1.21, and Daniel continued until the first year of Cyrus the king. That's Persia. Daniel outlived his captors. He outlived all of the peers that did it wrong. He outlived them. He was successful. He brought God to the Babylonian empire. He brought God to the Persian empire. He brought God to us at Eastland here, October 2020, we just read it. He was 10 times better.